My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Shack House is presented by Callaway Golf. As a thank you for joining us in the Shack House this season, the folks at Callaway are offering our beloved listeners free shipping on any order through callawaygolf.com using the promo code HOUSE. Get in there and buy yourself something special like maybe a dozen or so Chrome Soft Golf Balls or one or two of those Callaway wedges that Patrick Reed used with great success at Hazeltine. That's callawaygolf.com, promo code HOUSE. And today we'd also like to thank our sponsor at Athletes Collective. You know, have you ever wished you didn't have to wear a logo across your chest when you're out for a long run? You ever wish you don't have to pay upwards of $65 for a quality running shirt? Thankfully, you can now buy great quality, great fitting running gear without the logos for 30 to 40%. They're being modest, cheaper than the big brands by going to athletescollective.com. Go there, enter promo code HOUSE, receive 15% off your first order. All orders include free shipping and returns to the U.S. or Canada. 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and I can attest great stuff, great prices. You will love it. Yeah, Shaq, you know they at Athletes Collective, they are now doing a bundling option where you can buy their best sellers at a reduced price. Check the website, oh. put together your own bundle. The house bundle, couple long sleeves because the weather is changing here in the DMV. Very excited about it. But I also like the shorts. I've been sleeping in the in the Athletes Collective shorts. Very comfortable to sleep in. That was a little more detail than we needed, but uh, nice, nice that you shared. <laughs> I like to share. Today on Shack House, Samuel Ryder's Cup, all things Ryder Cup from Hazeltine National. Plus, will Tiger Woods play in Napa Valley? What's wrong with Jordan Spieth? What happened at the Ryder Cup for him? We'll discuss where he goes from here. And, of course, the king, Arnold Palmer. His service was this week. It was an amazing memorial service. We'll talk about it. Plus, a speed round looking at the Ryder Cup. We're going to give out grades. Let's go to the Shack House. House, 
What is going on? Did you recover yet from that incredible Ryder Cup? Shaq Daddy, I arrived today. We're doing a Wednesday recording. I have mixed emotions. Mm. Many mixed emotions. In the first place, I am slightly sad for two reasons. Uh, this is the last Shack House of the season, although we are going to have an occasion to get together uh, uh, a few times through the fall and then into the winter. Pop-up. Uh, hopefully Pop-up in episodes. connection with... Yeah, maybe we'll have something to talk about after uh, next weekend's tournament out yeah. in Napa if, if the Tigre, if the Tiger can, can make it happen. The other reason I'm slightly sad, we, we delayed, we deliberately delayed today's podcast because we had a very special guest lined up. New European star Thomas Peters was going to join us today. The, the scheduling could not be worked out, so he's not going to join us. But we are definitely going to have Tommy P. I'm going to ask him if I can call him that. Oh, we're definitely going to have Tommy P on a future Shaq House. We will. We will. Uh, am I yeah. right, Jeff? Yeah, and we'll get him at a time. We we could have had him today, but it would have been a very short window. And he's playing over the Dunhill Cup, and today's Wednesday of the Dunhill Cup, and they have a great pro am party. And we we just knew we wouldn't have him have him very long. And if he's got a great sense of humor. He is a, a very sharp young man and a very funny, and uh, uh, we want to have him on when we can, we can have him on for uh, a little longer than normal and really talk to him. Plus, it might be kind of fun to, to get him when uh, this whole thing has calmed down because he was obviously on the losing team, but the breakout star of these Ryder Cup matches and what an uh, amazing performance he put on. Obviously, he had a good partner in, in Rory McIlroy. That didn't hurt. But uh, he was a guy for Europe who Darren Clark really didn't even want to <laughs> pick. He wanted to have Luke Donald, apparently. And uh, Peters gave him no choice by his amazing play. So we will definitely make him a top priority for a guest. And uh, we do thank uh, he and his people for trying. But, uh, uh, you know, it's such an exhausting event for those guys house and you know i think one of the more interesting elements obviously patrick reed was the superstar of these matches but i was taken i'm curious what your reaction was to the 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 duel i was with mickelson garcia so i only heard the roars but in watching the highlights i gotta say i love the emotion from reed and rory but i do wonder (laughs) if rory uh maybe gave a little too much energy to some of those reactions because it sounded like from the people who followed the match that his energy started to to slip as the match went on and after the afterwards he he was zonked he was exhausted now he did play a lot he played all five matches but i think it is a little bit of a lesson that in match play love the emotion it's everything we love about the Ryder cup but you do have to pace yourself yeah, so I'll give a, a very quick take on on the Rory and Reed thing, but I wanted to make one follow-on observation about the great play of Thomas Peters. Mm, okay. Probably the very best observation either of us made uh, in the preview show, we were t- looking at odds for top point getters. You love Thomas Peters at 25-1 to 1 as the overall point uh, scorer in the Ryder Cup. I'm very sad to say I didn't do anything with that because I was worried about um, him getting enough rounds. But uh, a legit worry. Captain yeah. Clark, Captain Clark had him teed up for all five rounds, and uh, boy, oh boy, did he acquit himself <laughs> quite well. On the Patrick Reed Rory McIlroy front, 
Rory himself confessed that he um, had a little bit of a, an energy uh, waning experience on the back nine. He had no birdies on the back nine. I don't know if it was the energy he exerted that day, but you know he did to his credit, and, and we will get around to giving some grades. It's easy to go ahead and get Patrick Reed and Rory out of the way. Let's just give both of them an A++ yeah, for the have, weekend. I mean, yeah. there's no other grade to give those two dudes. The thing that I was most impressed by with Rory um, was not his play, but instead his leadership. His taking on the mantle of uh, kind of the, the the villain that the theatrics that go mm-hmm. along with you know being the focal point for his team of all of the you know vitriol and and um, you know p- p- proper animosity fan animosity and he really played it up and I think you know at the end of the day it did probably take its toll a little bit he confessed it so on the back nine but it didn't diminish at all how uh, brilliant over the course of the, the three days his, his play was. And on top of that, I thought the way that he conducted himself, it was in the spirit of the event. He was, he was with, with great sportsmanship. The finger wagging, the flexing, the screaming. <laughs> well, I don't he know if that's really sportsmanship, did. but... Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, but, but at antics. each moment, yeah. you know, he gave a wink, he gave a nod, he put his... He and Patrick hugged each other as they walked yeah. off the green on eight, yeah, right? Yeah, that was cool. So that, conf- that let us all know that while um, the competition is fierce... They're, they're still doing it as, as, as competitors. They get it, right? It's not crossing the line for them in the way that, that uh, it appears that some the, the, the line was crossed by some of our fans. Uh, and I'm interested in your take on that. Um, we heard from a lot of folks on the ground there at Hazeltine that, that our fans did indeed act, uh, cross the line. P.J. Willett... Um, you know, put Danny Willett in a very bad position and delivered us a wonderful 0-3 performance out of Danny. Oof. Thank you, PJ. Um, but the the uh, the insults directed at our fans may have had a little bit of merit to them. What what did you see? Well, there are too many people on site. So what happens? That that just increases the chances that you get a few idiots, uh, and then the. Ryder Cup is a tough event for fans because you can sit at a green for three hours waiting for a match to come, and you may uh, or all the matches to come, and may only get one. So you get you get some people who who drink a lot and they get annoyed that they're sitting there and they're not seeing much. Um, but I, I would say that most uh, you know out of fifty five thousand or whatever they completely oversold the thing for every day. Uh, most of the people were incredible. House, you wouldn't believe some of the outfits of people cook up for this and and i mean just the passion the the uh devotion to these matches and that this is an i mean it's just you know this was my first Ryder cup this is a time of year when our magazines never really have sold many hands so they've never sent many of us to it and i was just the energy is so different than a normal golf tournament just because of the way the people dress the the uh, excitement over being able to to kind of scream and and be a be a part of the matches and so Unfortunately, you get some a, a few morons who who don't know how to handle that or know how to handle alcohol, and and then you get you know the PGA of America not really learning from Medina where they had the same thing big crowds, a little too much alcohol, uh, not enough bathrooms, and um, and knowing that there are only four groups at a time on the golf course in, in those first two days, and not 
just getting out in front and issuing a few reminders on the video board. So they do that for Sunday. They issue a thing at 1030 in the morning. They also have a message on the boards. And lo and behold, now I went with Sergio and Phil and heard uh, nothing. Uh, there was one moment where some cameras went off. Mark Rolfing thought it was a heckler. It was cameras. Great match. Very civil crowd. A lot of passion. So uh, it was one of those things that probably could have been prevented. Uh, P.J. Willis, you know, that, that I'm sorry, the gloves are off after what he wrote. That wasn't satire. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> it was pathetic. So I, I, I feel bad for the guys who got those really awful uh, bits of heckling, but um, it, 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 it was something that could have been prevented probably um, because I felt like the crowd was sort of policing itself on Sunday because of that. People were aware that it had that potential to kind of spoil what was an amazing week. And, that, and, and I think I would rather focus on that, that this was such a, a great group of fans, so much passion, um, and the venue worked very well uh, in, in terms of uh, space and all that good stuff. And then we just house, we, we were reminded again that, A, match play is amazing, and then when you throw in teams uh, and, and all that goes into to team match play, both within uh, a groups where you have foursomes or four ball play and then the strategy and all that, but then also just this the, the patriotism, the other stuff that comes into play. There's just nothing like it. It's just such on such a different level than regular stroke play golf, and it just reminded me uh, how how poorly the game is served by the fact that we just play 72 holes of stroke play individuals. Uh, nearly every week and uh, it does this every year and we don't learn from it (laughs) and I mean the Olympic golf was exciting but it was nothing like this nothing it wasn't even close and this you know and it was great sure right that's that's the the unique um, quality of, of this event the natural and beautiful phenomena the fervor that comes from in the first place rooting for um, your 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 country, but also that that team aspect, right? We in in the U.S. understand team sports. We're wired yeah. to root for our teams, you know, the, at a very early age. And uh, you know, the thing I I was left wondering is how 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 can we come up with more team driven events in golf because of the mm. uh, opportunity to draw in. Um, non-golf fans, the, the the Ryder Cup and and the Masters, two events um, where I, I you know my wife walking by the TV might say, hey, uh, yeah. you know she recognizes <laughs> the event for what it is and and actually expresses an interest as opposed to the other you know thirty weeks through the summer where she sees me sitting there watching golf and is just like seriously again, yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> you know it, it, is there. I guess there's well, kind of a danger. You don't want to overdo it with the right. team uh, effect, but um, you know, because you don't want to undermine the, the the natural passion. But there's got to be a way to get a little more team golf uh, going. I well, liked very much the suggestion that came across my Twitter feed, oh. which was, "What about you know, like a like a manufacturer kind of uh, competition? I mean, hmm. it would be more in, the, more in the nature of an exhibition, right? But the guys at Callaway taking on the guys at Titleist that could be pretty interesting. Yeah." Well, two things. One, uh, we can just improve the game by having the fact that we don't have a couple of on the schedule, a couple of partners events 
where it's just it's just a four ball or it's different format every day and and uh, we have it coming up with the world cup but but not entirely down in australia not true uh two people playing together and match play and all the stuff that goes into it so that alone would help things um and there are ways to do that looking back in the history of the game we've had tournaments like that uh wait if you go way back we had we had tournaments like that with the stymian effect they're they're uh, there's so many ways. But to your point, and I think what this should be a goal for one of our, uh, uh, our pop-up pods, I have been hearing rumblings for quite a while that there is somebody who is trying to put together Formula One-style golf where you have teams that, like you're discussing. Uh, and I don't know if it would be manufacturer-driven, but it would be corporate-sponsor-driven, and it would be a Formula One-style team format. And I haven't heard much about it lately. They've been very quiet, but I want to kind of see if I can track down and if these people are ready to go public with their idea. I've heard there's there's some big money potentially behind it, but I, I don't know specifically if it's legit or not. Uh, but I think that when you look at the way the European tour is now, and they're, they're, I, I have a little work to do later today, House, there, the new commission is throwing out the uh, every idea possible to see what sticks. Uh, with some different formats, which I love. Uh, and it could be the kind of thing that the European Tour embraces because they love Formula One there. Uh, so I'm with you, though. It, it just we, we just have to learn from this. Golf has to, to, to figure out that these tours will not do well if they're just worrying about serving the needs of their members and giving their members playing opportunities. They, they, and this has been a struggle for a while now. I've, I've dealt with it with course setup discussion, you know, uh, how do you uh, how do you not set up courses to be interesting? And that's probably segues us nicely to the to the to the Ryder Cup. But we've struggled in golf with with getting people to understand that that you know we need we need excitement in golf course setup to make people enjoy watching golf because that's what pays your bills. And even that has been a struggle. But now we're we're really at a cool place where people are now trying to set up golf courses right with more uh, drivable holes and. And more chances for for thrills, and that happened at the Ryder Cup. Now it was a little bit <laughs> controversial the way they went about it. It was a little bit uh, silly, frankly. Um, but did you did so, you so uh, did you, you have a silly, sense are of you that? Talking, I'm talking yeah, about every well, pin uh, being in the middle of the green. Only right. Well, that's right, and and that means you're you're you're. Uh, you may be slightly in agreement with Justin Rose and the criticisms that he levied uh, about the setup, about it not being uh, the kind of test of golf that he um, might have preferred for that final day. I had a, my, my sense was on the complete opposite side. Uh, I think in those singles matches, what I want to see is guys go out and and beat each other. I don't want the golf course to be uh, in the way that the stroke play event. You know, the golf course is the, is the natural um, uh, dis, d- distinguisher between you know different kind of, of skill and talent. In the match play format, it's just a guy playing a guy, and and the holes can be anywhere on the golf course. The guy, one guy's got to beat another guy, and Hazeltine. Um, you know, lent itself to on the last day, you know, a, a, a birdie fest. I mean, Phil yeah. and Sergio had 19 birdies between them, and they properly have the match. The guys that were able to make eagle and birdie and take advantage of, you know, the the, the their accuracy, and then uh, most importantly, 
rolling in putts on Sunday, yeah. ended up winning the matches. You know, that's how Martin Keimer came back and salvaged his only point of the weekend. <coughs> Captain's pick, Keimer. <laughs> um, but he rolled in a bunch of putts on the back after um, Cooch went up on him quite a bit on, on the front. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with, with that kind of challenge in that kind of setting. That's what I want to see. Go beat somebody. I don't want the golf course to to be the thing that's distinguishing um, the the the, the guys. I want one guy to go beat the other guy. Well, and that that is what happened. You're correct. Um, so I think where where this philosophy came from, uh, well, it, it started with a few things. One, in past Ryder Cups, the U.S. has always done this stupid U.S. Open style setup of high rough and tuck pins, and and they and it's backfired on them multiple times. And it was not particularly interesting watching people win holes with pars and bogeys. Uh, but then at Medina in 2012. Davis Love sort of took the blame for a whole location on the 17th hole that he they felt was not advantageous to the U.S. team. Um, I thought that was a, he was a little harsh on himself over that, but so this time around he kind of gave a philosophy to the PGA of America's Kerry Haig, who then was charged with executing that, and so they didn't get caught up in the the nitty gritty of the, the the holes. But that said. It was a little bit going a little bit far the other way to just literally stick every hole in the middle of every green. And where I, I lamented it was uh, you, you occasionally just would like I, – I, I totally get where we, we – I'm with you that we don't want the golf course to become too much of a factor in each match. That said, it is really cool and interesting when occasionally – uh, there is a hole and a hole location that rewards maybe you for having the honor on the tee uh, that uh, calls on a, a thought. And the 17th hole was the one that just leapt out all week. They never put – it was this little part three over water. Terrible Reese Jones green complex, just goofy and bad bunkering. But still, green, water, tee, pressure, Ryder Cup, there's still enough great ingredients there. And to never put the hole really very close to the water – was just weird because you'd like I did a thing there with John Cook for for morning drive earlier in the week and John's a you know former great Ryder Cup player and um, performed amazingly and I said so and the thing I'm dying to ask him as somebody who's who's played in these I said John so what do you do do you want to have the honor on the tee on this and he goes well you know it depends on the conditions and you factor in all these different things and that that part of match play is really fun and that's what I think Justin Rose was getting at is that that you 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 just have to inject some of that element from the golf course from time to time, and they just they went totally the other way. Now, the other thing I want to say, House, was that Sergio Phil match. That doesn't take away in any way what those two did. It was spectacular. Two sixty threes, basically, and back and forth, crazy good golf. Uh, and I just don't think because the Ryder Cup, it all happens so fast that people really have have thought about what Sergio and Phil did on those last two holes Phil making long or you know lengthy 15 to 18 footers uh downhill actually the one on 17 was probably like 14 feet 13 but downhill greens were about 14 by Sunday on the stint meter making those putts then Sergio who never makes anything getting right up there and and not taking a lot of time either I thought he the one on eighteen. I thought, oh, he's he's rushed it. He's choked, and he just he knew it. Like halfway in, it was in. That was just spectacularly clutch play from those two. 
who uh, who, who who haven't both been very good on the greens. And so yeah, I, the, that's the, the other bummer of the Ryder Cup. There's original... all these great little things that go on like that, and it all happens at once on Sunday. But uh, that's the way it goes. I know. And I, this is not an original sentiment uh, coming from from House, but you know, I, I I saw it many times over on Sunday. If uh, uh, if Sergio could channel that putting <laughs> into any of the majors, yeah. I mean, he really is an incredible putter in the Ryder Cup. I fear him. He's one of the handful of players that I'm genuinely concerned about in in any yeah. matchup, whether it's in in foursomes, four ball, or singles. He's he's formidable yeah. because he puts his ass off in it's the Ryder amazing. Cup, and I have no explanation for it. It is amazing. Why that doesn't translate, right? I know. Everybody everybody looks at him and just thinks, why don't you do this more often? Uh, and they both yeah, they both have the claw grip. Uh, and, and, and now Phil, you know, he is able to, to, to have these moments as he did at the Open Championship where he does channel the putting that he, that he puts – the putting display he puts on at the Ryder Cup. But because Sergio's ball striking, me, heard, I heard Johnny – I could listen to the telecast as I was walking around and – yeah, Johnny, you just hear him just going, my gosh, if, if this guy could just putt at all, he'd, he'd have won so many majors. And um, So it was a spectacular match. They they never really spoke to each other the whole round except to give putts. Uh, Phil did. There was one little – I went out, of course, because I want some gamesmanship. I knew they didn't like each other. I didn't quite realize they didn't like each other as much as they really don't like each other. But uh, there was one moment where Sergio had a hit a putt up and – he had about a, I don't know, about a two-footer. And Phil had to come up and kind of stand on over it and look at it. And then he finally gave it to him. It was it was, it was, was fun. It was the only moment where they, they kind of they had a little bit. And the matches yeah, this year were really, other than, obviously, we had those reactions. But there was very little gamesmanship between the players, which I thought was interesting. I always enjoy that when that comes up in match play. And the Ryder Cup brings it out every time because, again, they play stroke play every every week and so anytime somebody doesn't get get a putt given it starts to create tension with these guys because it just doesn't take much they're just not confrontational people normally and they don't play a confrontational game except pretty much every two years at this or in the in the wgc match play yeah well we're gonna have a chance yeah we'll do some grades later yeah let's do our grades and we'll cover off some of the other important Ryder cup stuff and let's take a quick break to hear from some of our shack house corporate friends friends Ever since the inaugural episode, Shack House has been brought to you by Callaway Golf. Callaway yesterday released a 10-minute documentary-style short film called Golf Lives. I have seen it multiple times. I've tweeted it out. The short documentary is an unprecedented look at the sport and a club manufacturer through the eyes of an American rap legend, Brad Jordan, better known as known to me as Scarface of the Ghetto Boys. Scarface's career in music spans three decades, including collaborations with Tupac, Jay-Z, and Nas. And he's influenced every great modern MC. they all say so. Our friends at Callaway also know him as an immensely passionate golfer who works on his game daily when he's not in the studio or on the road. You will see this in the documentary. It's a really incredibly produced video must-watch for all golf fanatics out there. Also, rap fans seeing a little bit of Scarface, a side of Scarface you may not anticipate. Watch Golf Lives on Callaway TV, Roku, and the new Apple TV, or visit CallawayGolf.com. 
callawaygolf.com slash golf lives. That's callawaygolf.com slash golf lives. All right, so Tiger Woods, vice captain at the Ryder Cup house. He's uh, is, Now we're recording this on Wednesday. He has until Friday to commit to the Safeway, which he has verbally said he intends to play, maybe, hopefully. He has not as of this recording. Uh, he, he kept a pretty low profile at the Ryder Cup. I don't know if you noticed, but he generally avoided doing interviews. He did a few, but it, it, yeah, I thought it was really admirable of him. He, he really kind of stayed behind the scenes, and he did play a key role in convincing Davis Love to send Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed back out for that, that fourth match. Their, their intent had been nobody would play five matches, and, and Spieth kind of wore down, and it was probably why they have that, that clause, the, task, the infamous task force. But he convinced him, and Patrick Reed just carried him around, and uh, they had a great rematch with Stenson and Rose. Their first match was sensational, even though they lost five and four. They played great. Uh, they just got whooped by two great players. And then the second, the rematch, Patrick Reed just uh, took it to another level. I think Jordan contributed three or four holes or, uh, at the most. But Tiger was in charge of those two. They were in his pod, whatever that means. Uh, we, we, knew, we, we heard very little from behind the scenes. But Tiger did con- say to people that he intended to play the safe way. Uh, he was asked quite a bit. And uh, so we're going to find out here pretty soon if he's going to do it but uh i found when i saw him i thought he looked stiff um and kind of flat um now again it may have been just he was sort of bummed that he's not a player and this was a weird role for him but he just his body language seemed off to me when i saw him out there uh, but again he kept a pretty low profile so uh, uh are you feeling you feeling the excitement about the uh, the big return I really am, uh, and Golf Channel is helping. They uh, are, have already begun running the ads, and I, I'll tell you, they, it caught my attention the first time I, I saw the ad on the Golf Channel, yeah. um, holding out the possibility of, of the Tiger uh, on October the 13th. I have the date circled on oh, my calendar. Circled. Um, my my wow. take, I, I like very much um, the role that Tiger took on here. It is exactly sort of befitting his station and his stage of um, both life and and his career to be you know he was he was a quiet leader he was uh an 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 appropriate mentor and advocate for and to patrick reed i very much enjoyed the stories after uh you know that came out on monday that talked about um reed deriving inspiration from tiger and the 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 bond that the two of them Forged, and I liked what you just relayed that story about Tiger insisting that Reed and Spieth go back out. It it actually kind of boggles my mind that there was any question whatsoever <laughs> about the idea of Reed going out. Yeah. Um, the low laying up guys, Chris Chris Solomon, before the the week started, said that Reed and I I couldn't tell whether it was tongue in cheek or not. That Reed had gone to Tiger and said, "I'm playing all five matches. Don't consider doing anything else." Um, and whether that's true or not, uh, you know, it was absolutely the right message and and the right strategy i regret the fact that that reed and spieth didn't play all four matches um at glen eagles that was the you know by far the most interesting and exciting combination that was going there um but i i think uh tiger um in this role leading up to him returning to the tour i was i was impressed he he should be kind of behind the scenes my very favorite i will confess and this is going to be a little bit uh, <laughs> tongue in cheek there was a picture 
uh, that went out there. Now look, <laughs> Paulina put it out. Yeah, it's not well. she she Instagrammed it. That means yeah. that Tiger had to appro- approve it. It showed a moment no, of Tiger and no, Paulina. No, 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 no. He didn't have to. Wait, no, wait, wait. Hey, Paulina. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, she look. she had him sign a disclosure form and she checked with him. You know, right. <laughs> Well, whatever the, the circumstances under which publication was made, I will say the publication was made. She was very happy, and Tiger was clearly in his happy place. He had a glass half filled with a delicious ba- brown beverage that may or may not have been uh, c- Coca-Cola. With a little rum, um, you mean? Yeah, that's his, look, that's his preferred drink. I was... I was happy to see him let his hair down a little bit in that environment. And it kind of confirmed what, you know, the beh- the quiet behind the scenes role that he played. And there he is just sort of celebrating along with everybody else. I like the, the, the Tiger that we saw this week, but I really like the Tiger that we get to see next week if he has a golf club in his hands. Yeah. Now, look, speaking of golf club in his hands, he's got all new equipment. Have you seen the stories about what he might be playing with? Yeah, I, I don't believe it's accurate. So that's why we're not oh! going to give it any. No, I don't. I don't. I, I, Here I, on the Shack House, Shack is saying the early reports of the equipment that the Tigre might have in his hands next week, not accurate. Not accurate. No, I checked with a couple of uh, people uh, who uh, would know, and they said uh, he has uh, most definitely not made any uh, decisions as concrete as the one you're referring to. So. Um, I, I find All it right. hard to believe that he's gonna he would show up in Napa with a big uh, mixed bag of clubs. I think that uh, uh, he's a very smart businessman. His agent, Mark Steinberg, is a very very uh, creative, intelligent agent. And you know, Tiger has made a lot of money and 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 done a great job of kind of buying into the Nike. Uh, very very everything's just very orderly, clean. And tidy. Uh, I, I just don't see him. I'm not saying he's he's got some obsessive compulsive thing. I just think that he knows from sort of a branding image standpoint and what he brings to the table for a potential sponsor that it's in his best interest to try and have a relationship with one company and coming and having an, a hodgepodge of clubs and auditioning clubs in the public. Uh, uh, arena is just not his thing. I I, I think if I think Good. you'll see him, I think you'll see him show up with his Nike clubs if he shows up. I'm psyched. <laughs> That's awesome. That adds to the intrigue. Oh yeah, What's there's he a lot. Have of, and oh, you know we'll so much. We'll intrigue. be looking at the ball. We'll be looking at the drive. Yeah. We'll be looking at all of it, right? Yeah, and the fans probably will get a good chance to look at the ball because he's been known to to hit it a little wayward. Although, and the last thing on Tiger, uh, Golf Digest uh, guy Yoakum, who handles our uh, the the great My Shot franchise. Has just done one with yes, done one with Jesper Parnovic, and Jesper has told him that he's played some golf at the Medalist with Tiger, some nine hole rounds, which in itself is news, and that he is absolutely striping the ball, and he's going to make a spectacular uh, comeback. Might make a spectacular comeback. So I have no reason to think that Jesper has he has no uh, he has no reason to exaggerate or make that up. He just uh, that's just. He was asked the question, and he answered it. So I think that's a, that's one of the most encouraging things I've heard because I haven't heard a whole lot else that has me encouraged. Yeah, the quote the quote was that he, he observed Tiger. He was flushing it. Yeah. Boy, I love that. I'm, so you know how I feel. I want a healthy, successful Tiger back on tour competing with uh, the cast of characters um, that emerged this season. So I'm, I'm fired up. I, like I told you, I have – 
ten thirteen is circled on the House calendar. All right. Well, on that note, we have a lot more to talk about. So let's hear a few more words from our sponsors. Hey, friends, a quick word from our good friends here at the Shack House. Me undies. Think about it. Underwear is the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off. Why would you settle for anything less than the best feeling underwear on the planet? MeUndies is producing the most comfortable underwear you will ever experience for the price of two cocktails. That's just two regular old, you know, run-of-the-mill Sazeracs. <laughs> MeUndies will deliver your favorite pair of underwear right to your doorstep. Try them on. If they aren't the most comfortable, best-feeling undergarments you've ever had, they'll refund you and let you keep your first pair for free. Included in the price, of course, the Sweet Touch of Modal, a special fabric made with best-in-class raw materials that are scientifically proven to be three times softer than cotton. These uber- Cozy Undies, sold exclusively on the Me Undies website, where you'll enjoy free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. For a limited time, everyone in the Shack House audience gets 20% off their first order. You have to go to our special URL, MeUndies.com slash house. With the Me Undies Better Day Guarantee, that is a guarantee that you will have a better day when you're wearing Me Undies, you got nothing to lose. Don't wait any longer. Go to MeUndies.com slash house right now for 20% off your first order. That's MeUndies.com slash house. Hey, you all know I love Harry's. There's so much to love about Harry's. There's the ridiculously, absurdly comfortable glide of the shave. Other people love it for the closeness, the pricing, the packaging, the whole thing. But before this argument tears our country apart, I think we can all agree. If you've tried Harry's, you'll love it. The quality, the price, the not having to go to the drugstore and ask the person to unlock that horrible thing. It's the best. Uh, If you haven't tried Harry's, however... We have got a special offer for you. Most razors you get at the drugstore cost $4 per blade. Harry's is $2 per blade. Now, I'm no human calculator, but I'm pretty sure that means you are getting a superior product for half the price. And since Harry's doesn't believe in upcharging like those other guys, they keep their prices exactly the same. They're so confident they're going to send you, Shack House listeners, a free trial set, which comes with a razor, five-blade cartridge, shaving gel. So just... Sign up for a shave plan. Just pay the shipping. It's all free, that trial set. Uh, Enter promo code HOUSE at checkout on their unbelievably simple, clean, cool, crisp website. You get a post-shave balm added to your order for free for throwing in that code HOUSE. So go to harrys.com right now, enter HOUSE, go to the checkout, claim your free trial set and your post-shave balm. That's harrys.com. In fact, you know, I didn't use the post-shame bomb today. And now I was wondering, House, why I wasn't feeling right today. Now I now I got it. Anyway. Get the bomb. Everything's the bomb at their, their website. Love all their products. Love Harry's. Harry's.com. Code House. Obviously, the other story, uh, the huge, enormous story that uh, is golf and is our sport is Arnold Palmer's passing. And this week, they're, uh, they ended up having a, an incredible memorial service. You know, early on, House at the Ryder Cup, it was still very uncertain what they were going to do. The family had a, a small service where they spread his ashes at the golf course, uh, but it became fairly clear by the weekend that they were going to have a pretty big deal, and it was a uh, it was it was a an incredible service, and uh, a lot of people showed up. Uh, Tiger wasn't one of them, uh, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, it was just an amazing 
serviced by uh, uh, I, the Golf Channel. I think really put it together. I'm not entirely sure who did, but uh, Jim Nance was just incredible. Jack Nicholas apologized for re- reading from uh, prepared, very tightly prepared notes. He was incredible. Did you get to see any of it? I, I did get to see um, a fair amount of it. The thing that I liked the best is it didn't feel like a service. It felt more like a celebration to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the testimonials. And I really felt like the, the way it worked out kind of schedule-wise and timing-wise, we had this, this incredible sequence of events as it relates to Arnie's passing. In the first place, the day that um, it was reported that his ashes were spread in Latrobe, somebody grabbed this unbelievable photograph of a rainbow um, over the, the property that you know made all the rounds, went, went properly viral. And then on Friday... The very um, thoughtful, and I don't know who this, who collaborated on this and came up with the idea in the first place and then executed on it, but Arnie's bag on the first tee from the 1975 match, and then our boys go out and sweep <laughs> 4 yeah. the morning matches for the first time since <laughs> 1975, the year that Arnie was the captain. I mean, you can't make that up. Yeah. That's, that's just... Beyond coincidence, um, that 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 means you know that that uh, Arnie was was looking down. I know all the silly cliches, but oh, sometimes, yeah. God darn it, the cliches <laughs> make sense, and this is one of those instances. So I thought that set up like a perfect kind of context for yesterday's celebration, and then so many folks hit it out of the, out of the park in terms of their their um, remembrance of Arnie and the way they wanted to celebrate his life and communicate that to the group, and it really came through on TV. I was touched by Sam Saunders, obviously, um, you know, uh, Arnie's grandson, who, who did, did an incredible job of just personalizing Arnie, and so much of uh, so many of the stories, both in print and and yesterday, you know, had that effect, convey that that message, the genuine, sincere um, person that Arnie was, and how he made you feel like the most important person uh, in the room anytime he was he was with you. So that was that that was my uh, experience of of yesterday's celebration. Yeah, it, it really was uh, phenomenal in the way they presented him. I mean, the, all the stories uh, that were that were that were funny and and light, and kind of what he would have wanted uh, was how the family conveyed to some people. Obviously, of course, Tim Fincham had to. Uh, act like he was giving a college course on on uh, on the business of sport, and um, but I, I felt like the people who were sort of uh, who were sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for boring uh, were a nice sort of uh, uh, relief between the ones who were really emotional and and really had the room sort of on that verge of tears and and laughter, and um, it, it will be very interesting to see with that service and a lot of the things that have been written and and some of them I think have been better than others, but most of them have conveyed the same thing that he uh, set the tone for golf. He, he, he really, you know, I I hate that when, when they say, Oh, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him or we wouldn't make the money we make, you know, some, some, some things might've happened, but he certainly was a big part of it. And he was also a big part uh, of helping athletes, be better protected to make money. Not everybody's uh, learned from it, but but early on, he. I was watching the Arnie documentary yesterday. It was just fascinating. What when he broke from Wilson and 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 kind of got things squared away with Mark McCormick, he established 
that the athletes should not get screwed. Uh, and I hate to put it that way, but that really was what it boiled down to, was he, he put his foot down and then built on that. And so I, I really hope, though, Ryan Lavner of Golf Channel wrote a very interesting piece that I, I hope a lot of people, it probably kind of got lost, it was tricky timing to do it, but the people in golf uh, who've been uttering all this about Arnold and uh, Palmer and, and everything he's done for the game actually take to heart some of the things that you can learn from him about showing up, about uh, uh, being nice, being uh, press-friendly, uh, all the different things, signing autographs that Arnold did, because it was a it was a rough year for the game to those who are following these players and and they saw a lot of behavior behind the scenes with agents and players that 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 was is disconcerting that there's a, there's a, a sense that some of these guys are going to uh, are, are starting to drift a little bit from kind of the the legacy that he left behind and uh, it's hard to be and we've been spoiled house because golf is such a humiliating sport and usually it keeps these guys humble but the money now is so great that uh, that that hasn't been happening quite as much and we'll we'll touch on this here in the speed round the speed round by the way house is brought to you by odyssey golf brought to us by odyssey golf as well control your speed on the greens with a new odyssey works putter find the putter that's best for you with the online fitting tool at odysseygolf.com odyssey uh, was guiding those beautiful patrick reed putts into the hole at hazeltine and those greens were I'm sorry. They were fast. <laughs> they were scary. So you need that little soft Odyssey touch. House, let's give a grade. Let's get right to Jordan Spieth. Let's get there. Uh, he was a guy coming into the year. He took uh, – well, he had an amazing 2015. He showed up at Kapalua looking muscular, healthy, happy, ready to go. But it turned out, you know, the whole year was he's just a little bit off. And the Ryder Cup was just a great sort of summation of his year in that he was close. He was good. He was really good occasionally. And then he was just had these sort of tragic comic moments summed up best by his <laughs> losing his match uh, to Henrik Stenson. Uh, he, he was great to get all Huck Finn, take off his shoes and hit this shot out of the water. And when he stepped into the water, uh, that made his ball yeah, move. The ball and moved, he right? lost the hole. Yeah. And uh, that was the end of him for the for the week. And I hope I hope for uh, the year he's supposed to play in Australia later on. I'd love to see him shut it down. I thought he looked thin. I thought he looked uh, he just looks he just looks a little tired and. I think he's on at a point that's very dangerous for his career. He needs to kind of regroup and come back fresh at Kapalua. Yeah, we want um, a happy, healthy, competitive Jordan Spieth in our lives because uh, that really creates the comp competitive dynamic that we craved throughout this season, especially in the majors, um, as between he and Jason Day and Rory. I mean, it looks like Rory is roaring back yeah. into form. Uh, we want Spieth at his best to be competing with those dudes. And, and, and uh, it's curious, there's a kind of symmetry to, to Jordan's season ending um, in the water because you could point to the 12th hole at Augusta mm. back in April and say maybe, you know, that was a derailing moment. You know, he was 
you know, six holes away from being a repeat champion at the Masters, and how different might his year have gone yep. if he was able to have cl- closed that out? Uh, and instead, you know, the 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 will, he will always be associated for the rest of his his professional golfing career with that um, collapse uh, at, at twelve, and then you know the Ryder Cup moment here was not that big a deal um i'm gonna give him a, a my, my grade for jordan this week is a b oh okay um, i was a b minus so Pat- we were close well you know patrick dragged him around for sure but you know jordan did show up there was some moments there especially on friday patrick's driver got a little crazy on him it got a little yeah. cranky well uh um, well I, I i his t-ball is what, what i'll yeah. say because it was the going right and it was going left and by the way patrick reed uh, was uh, emboldened by, I think, playing with Spieth. I think they feed e- off each other well. And not necessarily everybody wants to play with Patrick, from what we gather. And Jordan does and uh, takes the, any element of whatever awkwardness uh, out of that team element for Patrick might be. So, to me, that's that he, he still played a huge, huge part in the whole thing because he, he helped push this guy along. Now, how about – let's go over to Europe. How about uh, – what do, you, what do you give Danny Willett's week? <laughs> well, it, it gets the F that it deserves, but that's his brother. His brother helped him earn the F. Let's, I mean, let's, let's extend his week into the wee hours of Monday morning, okay? Just so we're clear. You do know oh, about you mean that, on, right? On his Twitter feed? His little follow-up tweets? Yeah, okay. That he, he, yes, yeah. yes, of course. He just had to stick it to you, those you nice know, people the, in Minnesota. Well, the takeaway is... He's a guy without who who doesn't quite have the mental maturity is the way I'll put yeah. it, and this distinguishes him from. We already gave Rory an A plus plus. Rory demonstrated a mental maturity that was unexpected. Uh, you know, he took on that that villain mantle. Danny Willett was not up to the challenge presented by you know the un- unanticipated interjection by his brother, which led to you know uh, a sour taste to start the week. He wasn't able to overcome it um, by focusing on his play and he didn't play well and you know he he um, earned an F and then he put the the F icing on the F cake with his dumb tweets on Monday I have uh, nothing to uh, nothing to say I completely concur it was uh, it was just not a all great right. not a great first Ryder Cup for him uh, all right let me I want to ask you I have oh, okay. one for you I have now. one for you so you go first uh, you were physically there, so you weren't able to. Um, you won't be able to give NBC a grade. So I'm going to let you off the hook on that. And I'm not able to give them a grade because I, I work with them as well. So <laughs> I'm just going to pull a Vin Scully, uh, like the the 1975 Masters, where Vin Vin put the uh, when he you know the final moment, the big putt. He knew he didn't want to talk, so he moved the mic away. So I'm just going to do it in honor of the great Vin. I'm just going to move the mic away and let you talk about NBC's week at the Ryder Cup. Well, I'm happy to I'm happy to do it. Uh, I'm going to give NBC uh, a, a C plus. And uh, the reason that I can't give them a better grade um, really breaks down to the lack of Pro Tracer. I just can't get my head around why an event like this, where you know exactly you know, how many guys are going out, it's a limited, an extraordinarily limited field, the, it, it's not an all-day kind of thing, 
I there's the only way for me as a as a, an outside observer, and I'm a person that that loves golf and consumes the golf, and I I'm I'm really channeling here, you know, the the legions of you know irregular golf fans who tune into the Ryder Cup because of the great event that it is, and here on our home turf. I, I have come to rely on Pro Tracer to help me navigate around the golf course. The shot shapes and the 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 you know laid against the landscape help me see what guys are trying to do, and when they miss, I can better understand the reason for 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 why um, their their misses put them in the bad position that it, it put them. In the absence of Pro Tracer, all I see when I'm watching a broadcast like what um, NBC put on is guy hitting ball off tee I can't pick up the direction of the ball at all then they flash to the ball in the air and the ball landing and I can't pick out where it landed and how you know if it's not in the fairway in 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 relation to where on the hole that ball landed without the help of pro tracer giving me a sense of direction um off the tee so in terms of the viewing experience and the consuming of the golf, I, I, I did not like the lack of Pro Tracer one bit. I did like quite a bit um, the the handling of the the, um, the the crowd. I thought they did a, a, a good job of identifying that the fact that the crowd could be an issue. They also did, I thought, uh, an admirable job of capturing the patriotism, the... Um, the inspired, uh, you know, um, impromptu singing of the national anthem a couple different times, and the reaction of the players to that was pretty cool to catch, and they caught that. It was neat um, to see them relate. Uh, you know where you hear roars all over the property because of how many people there, and you 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 said they oversold the tickets. Um, you could hear the roars, and the and then um, the guys on the ground were excellent at identifying where the roars were coming from, and you could kind of you know pick up on what might have happened, and um, you know that was that was uh, helpful. I thought the broadcast team did 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 well. Um, always liked Dan and Johnny. It was curious to me that Tarico was kind of I don't know exactly what role he had. You know he's a friend of, of the Shack House, Mike Tarico is, and he's an excellent narrator of, of um, you know, a, a golf event. He, he, he delivers a wonderful narrative. I don't know why he was playing an MC role, why he was sitting off, you know, in, 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 in a tower, essentially, or off, you know, to the side of the property, uh, I guess giving a couple of different summaries. I don't know exactly what the point is. Maybe they're figuring out how to integrate him. But you know, that's a guy with a, and a, you know, an esteemed and accomplished record at providing a Good narrative um, for a golf event, so I'd like to see him incorporated in a bit more. So C plus grade is what I give the NBC. All right, and then the last grades we have to give are to the two captains, uh, Davis Love, Darren Clark. I'm going to go with a. a well, that w- I'm going to go. You're not going to th- give three captains. It's not going to be Mickelson, well, Love, and Clark. <laughs> Captain Mickelson. Well, that's why I'm going to give Davis Love a B. Uh, he, oh yeah, he had the superior team depth-wise. I mean, when you can send out Zach Johnson as your kind of uh, last man standing, when and, and Europe's countering with Matthew Fitzpatrick, and nothing against him, uh, but uh, a very fine uh, player and maybe a future great Ryder uh, Ryder Cup player. Uh, but Zach Johnson, when that, that that's like your uh, kind of anchor man, but he's not that great. Uh, right now on the golf course, he can still scrape it around and, is, and can just be a nightmare for somebody in a match. Um, 
And so uh, they had the deeper team, the U.S. And I thought that Love uh, gave a few things away that that were a little surprising. Uh, it was obvious that they needed to wait for Phil to finish his round to get his thoughts. Uh, he mentioned uh, Drew Love, his son, s- slipped him a possible lineup. I think for Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I joked to somebody. I, I wonder if the locker room attendants like writing in some tips in the bottom of his shoe in the morning. You know, like he was listening to everybody. And I thought that was a little bit odd uh, that he wasn't a little more, having done this once, a little more definitive about, all right, um, I'm running the show here now. I've heard all your input going to the matches, and this is what we're doing. But he did make a great uh, call in picking Ryan Moore. I think, like Darren Clark, that was a little bit of a struggle for him. I think he really wanted to pick somebody else. Uh, and so he did kind of at the, at the key moment there make the right choice. Ryan Moore ended up playing uh, well enough and then, of course, clinched the matches. So I give him a B. Uh, Darren Clark, uh, I, I've got to give a, uh, I gotta give a, a, a C plus to. Again, he was kind of given a team that wasn't as deep, but uh, he proved that what we've kind of been seeing recently, uh, experience is a little overrated. Thomas Peters was incredible, and he really didn't uh, want to pick Thomas Peters, who forced his hand. He, he wanted to have veterans, and his two veteran picks were, were not great. Lee Westwood was pretty much disastrously bad. And if, Yeah, if by not great you mean abysmal, I'm going to have to agree with you. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be, you know, I try to six, be compassionate because it's a tough – there's a lot of pressure in these things. And, it, and these guys are working for free for the week, and – I don't ever want to be too hard on anybody because they're there. They're putting themselves on the line. And, um, yeah, Leo Westwood. But he wanted to be there, and uh, he, he was not up to the task. Russell Knox, Paul Casey, there were some people on the sidelines who sure would have been nice to have been there for, for Europe, see what they could do. Yeah, I, I have to I have to agree with that. I would have liked to have seen both Knox and Casey just for the competitive element. So in addition to those two, um, you know, really poor judgment uh, calls on the captain's picks. I also was stunned by one thing by, by Clark that just stuck out like a mm. sore thumb at me. How did he, how could he come up with uh, breaking up Sergio and, and Rafa after they okay. have the match against Spieth and, yeah. and, and, uh, and Reed? Yeah, that was a very... Do you have an explanation yeah, for yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that they have to do is uh, submit that lineup for the afternoon. Um pretty uh, i'd say about an hour before the first tea time i believe of that afternoon session and those guys were getting thumped when he was having to kind of make his uh get close to the decision they fought back a little bit they got to within two or three down i think it was and but he had to submit that lineup and so they weren't looking so hot and then they come back and and uh and they play beautifully and they come all the way back and by then uh, you know, they took that match to the last hole. Now I'm drawing a blank. Did they have the match? I think they have the match. Um, they had the match yeah, because they, they uh, um, I think I think they had it with par on 18. Yeah, and so that was one. They of the, made par. That's right. And so a lot of people have said, well, they need to they need to figure that out so that those captains have a little more time. But the problem is, I mean, literally as soon as that match is done. That first match of the afternoon is going off, and it's kind of tricky. So that was why he did that. So, uh, um, 
That said, right. I would have. Yeah, I'll, it, it should have been kept together for sure. Uh, Keimer should not have been sent yeah, out there I'll, with Garcia. That was a. <laughs> they were I'll, not a a, a great. I'll change team. my grade. Yeah, from D minus to D yeah. because you know the day before Keimer and Sergio got their ass handed to them by Zach Johnson and Jimmy Walker. I mean four and two. Yeah. So it's not like the Sergio Keimer um, group was was so compelling the day before that he just had to have them back together again. Anyway, oh. that's something for the. Yeah. For them to fix well, format-wise. One last thing on Davis Love, where maybe I should bump his grade to B+. Finally, finally a captain who who just has our guys in red, white, and blue. <laughs> House, we have seen we so many bad Ryder Cup uniforms over the years wearing beige and lavender and all these stupid things. You're like, come on, man. It's a red, white, and blue. Dress like Americans. And I thought... That Davis Love, uh, Polo did the the uniforms. Uh, I thought they did a great job. The guys looked cool. They looked American. The I don't know about the white pants. They were a little see through. It was a little more than we needed to see. But all in all, they looked like Americans. I thought Europe looked a little. Uh, uh, they they were going for the drab. <laughs> Darren had them in like grays and just blah colors and. I just like seeing our guys. It was so cool out there seeing them in the in the red, white, and blue. Their their entourage is all kind of gussied up in the in the big bold color, and and it just kind of added to me to the look of the whole thing. Yeah, it was pretty vibrant on TV, and there was a really stark contrast between the U.S. uniforms and the Euro uniforms. The only thing that I would quibble with at all uh, the Sunday singles matches, the U.S. uniform could have used a little more red. There was a couple times where I was I looked very quickly and saw um, blue and white as the predominant colors. I wasn't sure uh, at the onset or early in the broadcast whether it was a Euro or yeah. a US. I mean, just that's that's just well, and they had blows, a, but a red out anyway. with the spectators, so that was probably something they could have coordinated a little better. But so I'll, maybe I'll give no Davis doubt. a B B uh, plus, maybe throwing that in. But cool. Um, all right, cool. so I think we've uh, we've beaten that one uh, up enough. So I, a few words just kind of about where we're at with the pod. Um, we, uh, we've done 22 shows now, and uh, like, like you said, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus, but we're going to have some pop-up pods now and then based on news. And um, one of the ones, though, for sure, House, is we are going to go down to San Diego, and uh, you're going to come west for the, the links at Petco Park which is in the first week of November. I don't know what the status is, frankly, of tea times. They sold out pretty fast last year. Uh, they were probably too, uh, too generously priced in terms of uh, affordability. They raised the price a little bit this year. It's still a ridiculous bargain for what you get. Um, and I don't know how the sales are, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to sell out again. So if you're in California and you love uh, sports, it is a great thing to come to. We will do a pod from down there. Uh, it was. It's just. It's just. I can't wait for you to come out and see it. It's just so cool. It's a great ballpark, first of all. Which you haven't. You haven't been to Petco, right? No, no. And and the, the one thing I'm. I I want you to give me some comfort. There's no danger that with my. You know, my no. hacky swing where no, I fall no, no. off balance sometimes. <laughs> Even with a nine iron, I've been known to fall off balance. I, I'm not going to fall from the upper deck of the stadium, right? No, no. That was one of the wild things about this last year was well one how well done it was for the first time but 
you just think, wait, this can't work in a ballpark with balls flying everywhere and and people hacking and getting nervous and, and the wind was blowing. And it, it worked beautifully. It was amazing, really. Uh, you never felt in danger. The first tee was covered by a, a, a tent so you could hit off of home plate, which was totally cool. And um, no, it worked beautifully. You know, uh, you do get up high. Petco is a, and, and it's got some interesting verticals and views and you get this downtown in the background and um so and when we play when we play uh i have decided that i think the winner of the nats dodger series uh the, the the you know if the nats pull it off uh i will wear a nats hat when we do this and you will be forced to wear a dodger hat i think should the dodgers prevail in this three game series is our five game series is that uh is that an acceptable yeah, that- wager for you on our, Wage, on the, wager accepted. We're both going to be wearing Nats hats. I can't wait. It's oh, going to be please. spectacular. The no. Shack House no, 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 with no. the Nats hats at the links at Petco. Those folks in San Diego, I don't know. Do they really care? Are they going to give us a hard time for wearing Nats uh, hats? The Dodger hat may be a problem for them uh, <laughs> since we are in the well, same Well, I'm not division. worried about the Dodger hat. Yeah, well, I, I think you should because I think uh, I like our chances quite a bit in the series. And but we'll find out if, if it doesn't get rained out. We'll find out here in a few days. I've got game four tickets, which I hope I don't need because the Dodgers just uh, sweep it. But uh, well, I, I have game one tickets, and I'm very happy that Max Scherzer is going to be throwing balls in the shadows uh, to the Dodgers lineup. I'm not I'm not that worried. It's a late afternoon start, and uh, the shadows out at Nats Park can get a little bit intimidating oh, yeah. for folks not used to it. So right, I'm fired right, yeah. up for it. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw, uh, future Hall of Famer, really is bothered by those kinds of things, too. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a shame he, he, he can't pitch at Dodger Stadium all the time. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. So now, uh, what I want to also say before we, we get into a rat hole about baseball that nobody wants to hear about, probably, um, we would love if you, uh, either on my website jeffshackleford.com or the Callaway community where there's a shack house thread or on iTunes we would love to hear your feedback because we are going to hit a little bit of a reset button here and and ponder now we we had no idea what we were doing house Um, we um, uh, we didn't know each other when we started this we didn't know where the ringer was going all these different things that have gone on and uh, I'm we're very pleased. You know how out at Hazeltine on Sunday. Now, all week I got some shack houses. I got nine, sha- nine shack houses screamed out at me. Now, it, it, it couldn't have been me. It was You heard some shack house? Oh, yes. Yeah. You got some of that? Oh, full, oh. full. With all the energy, with all the, the – the, 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 the ver- it was just incredible. It was amazing. Um, so thank you all for, uh, for, for listening and, and channeling house when, when, when out at a golf tournament. A couple of my peers were like, what in the hell was that? Um, I said, ah, you know, listeners, come on. So we would love to hear your feedback. We uh, – we uh, we definitely plan on on uh, popping up now and then. We love having great guests, uh, but we'd love to know what you think. If you want more guests, fewer guests, longer shows, shorter show, and uh, all that good stuff. So all those various places. Of course, you can find us on Twitter too. Uh, Jeff Shack at, uh, at Twitter for me, and House is at House from DC. So uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, and uh, we, look, we, we certainly appreciate you all downloading and listening all season long. And uh, we hope you'll stay yeah, with us here uh, over the fall and the, uh, the, the wraparound months and the lull in golf. But uh, we, we won't completely disappear, right, House? 
Yeah, big love to everybody for listening to the Shackles! Shack House pals, you've heard us here on the Shack House talk about our stylish clothes, our tequila, our putters, our underwear. Today, we are pleased to once again have the opportunity to talk about something a little more personal, and that's the continuing collaboration between Shack House, The Ringer, Callaway Golf, with a terrific charity called Golf Fights Cancer. Golf Fights Cancer is an organization that taps into the passion and generosity of all golfers to raise much-needed funds for cancer-related organizations and families living with the awful disease. Everyone knows that Shaq and I are givers. We give you great guests, great suggestions for places to play the game, maybe eat some great food while doing so, and we give you uh, occasionally great advice on how to allocate a little capital. Now, we're asking you to do something for us. Join Jeff and I, and please get involved. Golf Fights Cancer held its recent Good Guy Invitational. It was just this week. Guys and gals like you and I that share a passion for the game have been touched by cancer and want to do something to give back. Shaq and I invite you to be honorary good guys. Become part of Team GFC. Make a donation in support of or in memory of the favorite golfer in your life. Golf Fights Cancer made up of a community of regular golfers like you and me. They've raised more than $5 million since inception. Please check out the website today and get involved. It's www.golffightscancer.org. Little more, you can learn a little bit more about the charity and the mission. See how you can help. Uh, that is www.golffightscancer.org. Thanks, friends. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.